Hey guys, we got a special trade deadline edition episode for you uh, where myself and Kevin, uh, aka the bum on the bus, are going to break down everything that happened throughout the trade deadline this week and uh, and talk about all that stuff. But about a half an hour after we stopped recording, the news broke from the Dodger Twitter account that Vin Scully had passed away. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention it. Um, obviously, I'm a Cardinals fan, as everybody knows. Uh, but, you know, I think we've all at least of a certain age, have have had the opportunity to listen to Vin Scully call a baseball game. Certainly, I tried my best whenever I wasn't watching a Cardinals game to check out a Vin Scully game when he was still broadcasting. Um, it's a huge loss for sports, a huge loss for baseball, and a huge loss for Dodgers Nation. Uh, there's really not... I, <laughs> there's really not a lot one can say about Vin Scully that hasn't been said. Um... He's he's a true icon of broadcasting and and a true icon of baseball um, as somebody who who tries to use his voice to convey stories, to convey anything in any semblance of anything regarding regarding baseball. But anything Vin Scully was always an inspiration. Um, you know, there's there's a reason that we have two people on this show, and that is because it is. It is very, very difficult to have just one person read all this news to you or one person be interesting for an hour, you know, even around a, a outline, even around a baseball game. It's difficult to do. It's not easy. There's a reason that most booths are two or even three man booths and Vin's ability to not only do it, but keep you enraptured for a three hour baseball game every night for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I don't know exactly how long Vince Scully broadcasted um, is, is a testament to his talent. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of eulogies for Vince Scully throughout this next week um, from a lot of broadcast crews, especially from the Dodgers. I'm sure if you haven't had an opportunity you know, there's 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 full games available on YouTube. If you have MLB TV, you can go back. But there's full games available on YouTube that you can check out. Some old Vin Scully games. Go back and listen, and uh, and you can hear just how much the man enjoyed baseball. And uh, I'll just drop you a, a quick uh, a Vin Scully quote. And the quote is: um, "As long as you live, keep smiling because it brightens everybody's day." Vin, you certainly brightened my day, and I know you brighten a lot of baseball fans' days, and uh, and you will be missed. Rest in peace. And now we'll go to the episode, and you will hear myself and Kevin talk about the trade deadline, so I hope you enjoy. And welcome to this special episode. I think we're going to number it number 83. Um, <laughs> I think that's what Lewis said of uh, the Our Baseball <laughs> Weekly podcast, the weekly or sometimes a little bit more than weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. I, of course, am Nime. You have heard me on many, many of the previous podcasts. You definitely won't hear me on the next two weeks uh, as Lewis and I have been <laughs> communicating. I am out of town. I cannot work. Literally, normally I record while I'm out of town. On next Sunday, while we're recording, I'll be on an airplane. The following Sunday, I'll be emceeing a wedding. So I cannot be yep. on those. Physically cannot be on those two weeks. Uh, out of commission. Once. Out, out of commission. commission. Also yep. joining a brand new addition to our team. He's been on the podcast before. It is Kevin, a.k.a. the bum on the bus. How's it going, Kevin? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, 
it was an awesome experience last time I was here, and uh, I'm hoping to make it a regular thing. So excited to talk yeah, some trade deadline um, news. And excited. I, I, I so I'm excited. I'm excited to to break up the uh, Nyman Dylan podcast that we've had for for many many weeks running. As much as I love doing the show, and as much as I love talking, to, I told that's what I said to Lewis. I was like, Lewis, I'd host a hundred weeks in a row if if I could host sure. hundred weeks in a row. But I know we like to have you know it's it's not my podcast. It is the subreddit's podcast. We like to have people on. So uh, so yeah, if we can get some more people sake. on, absolutely. <laughs> so, so glad to, glad to have you part of the team. Excellent. Uh, Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the moves of the mm. big trade deadline. It was a, it was a pretty big. I mean, I don't know if it's like the biggest trade deadline in recent memory. We've had some pretty pretty big ones recently with mm-hmm. like a lot of big names moving. But I think maybe you know the most obviously Juan Soto is maybe the most impactful trade deadline trade that has happened in my memory like sure it's 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 huge and we'll talk about that we're we're, we're gonna try to go a little chronologically here so we'll skip some of the smaller moves start with some of the bigger moves uh obviously the biggest move of the weekend dixon machado uh we already talked about that on sunday though so dixon machado <laughs> is good to go um, we can move on past that we can move on past dixon machado yeah some smaller yeah. ones happened uh on monday morning uh, Harry Adrianza, Scott F. Ross. A big, not really a trade deadline move, but Joe Musgrove signed a $100 million five-year extension with the Padres to stay in San Diego. And I thought um, that was interesting, mostly because I thought that might have hampered them in their moves later on throughout the week, but didn't slow them down even a little bit. Yeah, yeah. well, and then, you know, to, to be fair, they don't have to sign the extension that they are, I'm sure, hoping to sign with Juan Soto that's true. Right away. They have a couple of years to, to deal with that, you know, to, to kick that down the road. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of money committed to Manny Machado and to Fernando Tatis and now $20 million a year to Joe Musgrove. But on the other hand, they don't have a, a whole ton committed to a whole lot of other guys. It's good to have a rotation guy locked in and committed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that that was a, a good signing, um, not a signing, but an extension for the team kind of setting that up like, hey, this is a guy, this is someone we're going to um, extend, but then we're also going to continue to bring new players in. So it's a good message yeah. for not only the, the clubhouse, but the fan base in general. And it just continues to show that the, the GM team in the front office and the Padres certainly know what they're doing and are all in for this season and all in for the uh, foreseeable future. Uh, now, uh, the one that I think uh, you will have the most to say on uh, is the uh, another Padres trade. Uh, the Padres uh, acquired Josh Hader in return for Taylor Rogers, Denilson Lamet, Robert Gasser, and Estuary Ruiz. Uh, they certainly did. It is it is a nice haul for Hader. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot going back the Padres way, the the the, um, the Brewers way. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Rogers is a good reliever. Danielson Lamet is is you know has had success in the past. Esther Ruiz is a is a legit prospect. Gasser is a pretty good prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, it is weird for a team in a somewhat precarious playoff position uh, to be trading their elite closer. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So I guess here's my initial take on this. I feel and this is my, my personal opinion, that Josh Hader's value um, 
from a trade perspective is at the highest it can be right now, mostly because he's going to demand um, another $20 million in the offseason from arbitration. So the Padres will have to take that on, and the Brewers would have had to take that on if they would have continued to keep him. Um, and at this point, not that July should be taken with any grain of salt. Um, it was an outlier. He just had the birth of his first child. His brain's probably not all together when he's kind of um, approaching his games, and his uh, July performance should not be something that we should be looking at as a reason why we traded Josh Hader. But I do believe that his value is the highest it can be right now. Um, the haul that we got back, as you alluded to, has two MLB-ready players right now in Denelson Lamette and Taylor Rogers, and then Estuary Ruiz and, of course, um, Gassman bring, or Gasser um, gives us some prospects of the future. So it's a hard pill to swallow, as all Brewer fans will say. Um, but in the end, we did get a haul, and it does set up us up for this season and the future um, and best of luck to Josh. And we'll see what happens if we end up uh, meeting the Padres in the playoffs, that might get a little awkward, but I did not realize just how bad his July had been. That's, I mean, like, yeah. obviously you're right. It's, 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 it is an outlier. It's, you know, nine innings. It's just nine really bad innings. Yep. You know, if you look at the rest of his career as a reliever, he is, he is an elite reliever. You have nine bad, like a lot of guys, you know, elite, plenty of elite players have nine bad innings. And it just, when you're a reliever and you do that, it, it shows up a lot <laughs> differently in your ERA. Right. And you did yeah. mention it's obviously odd as a first place team. I mean, we come into today three games ahead in the central and you sell your, your best reliever. But at the end of the day, Taylor Rogers does the same thing as Josh Hader in the sense that he gets three outs, right? We right. have... Devin Williams, which is the second best reliever in all of the National League behind Josh Hader. So now he slots naturally into the ninth inning role. You allow then Taylor Rogers to kind of take up that setup role. He's still an all-star closer. He's still second in the NL in saves behind Josh Hader. Yeah, he's also had a down July, um, but I think that he's getting a new... Uh, scenery will allow him to kind of move into that spot. And then, you know, adding Lamette into that kind of bolsters it as well. And we'll talk about when we get to the possibility of, um, oh, wow, why am I escaping on the name right now? But uh, Trevor Rovensall and what that means for our bullpen as well. But uh, I, uh, it's a hard pill, like I said, but I think it's the right move by David Stearns for this organization. And I do think that it's going to help us for the future in the long run. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say I hope that Devin Williams continues to have a rough patch for the rest of the No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, we are uh, natural enemies. Nah, nah, we, we are, are natural enemies. Uh, at, least, at least for now we are, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't begrudge the Brewers that much when we're, when we're far apart in the standings. But when we're right next yeah. to each other, there's a little bit different. Like, um, uh, the, the jokes uh, was, of... Was it interesting uh, to... to of uh, Sorry, Devin Williams, in? they're saying the jokes of Devin Williams uh, not punching a wall are are loud and strong right now because <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah, yeah. a little concerned <laughs> that our <laughs> money's running. You have Brad Boxberger closing game soon? <laughs> that's, oh that's, no! Yeah. But that's also a point, though. We have proven closers at different parts of our bullpen. Proven closer, <laughs> yes, that, that is true. Brad Boxberger is a proven closer. Yeah, proven um, to be bad. <laughs> no, he was he was good, <laughs> he was, he was good. For, the, for the Rays in you know seven years ago. Like that's yeah, so yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it was interesting to note as well that uh, very rarely do you see a, a closer get traded from a team with a better record <laughs> to right. a team with a worse record. Yeah. Not, at, not, at, not at this point, but at the point of the trade, the, the Brewers were uh, half a game ahead of the Padres in the standings yeah. <laughs> and, tra and traded. It's such a weird, just a very odd trade on paper but like it makes Absolutely. sense you're right Devin Williams Devin Williams is an elite reliever Taylor Rogers is a good enough reliever to slot into that 
bullpen. You know, maybe you don't have that same two-headed beast that or three-headed beast even that you had last year, but it's still a good position to be in. And what you get back is, you know, is uh, it's yeah. a good return. Now, the only down, other downside to Taylor Rogers is that he becomes a free agent after this year where you get a year and a half control out of Hayter. Um, right. Taylor Rogers, unfortunately, will be gone. Um, and if Lamette doesn't really turn himself around, he may be something as well to be cut. I mean, he's got, you know, five years of service already clocked. The mix is getting about five year, five million or more next year in arbitration. So they may also cut bait with him if he doesn't pan out. So there's a lot yeah. of risk with this trade, unfortunately. Uh, but the reward with, with Ruiz, I mean, we talk about speed. I mean, he's in the 99th percentile for speed. The guy has stolen 60 bases so far in the minor leagues this season alone, and there's still a second half to go. Like, that guy, that, that's something to to rank up there. And when you're looking for a center fielder like the Brewers are, you know, you're going to roll the dice with someone like Ruiz. And he's a young guy. He's only 23 years old. And I think David Stearns is looking at him to be kind of the future in this organization. And I certainly yeah, hope that and, he's right. Yeah, and Ruiz is like, Ruiz is the name who had been tossed around in in Soto trades, right? So, yeah. like, I, I, I he's he's a guy who, who like, legitimately is is you know, worth keeping an eye on. He's a legitimate prospect and he's hit quite well in the minors too. He hasn't really hit the major league level, but mm -hmm. he is 23. It's not a lot of plate appearances at the minor yeah. league level this year. He hit like crazy. So he's, yeah. he's legit. He's legit. Yep. And, and that's, that's a good return to have. All right, let's move on. Uh, uh, another reliever. This one's less interesting. Garrett Clevenger for Herman Tapia. Not really a lot to say there, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, a bigger one, Frankie Montas, as well as Lou Trevino, uh, traded to the Yankees from Oakland in exchange for J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Cooper Bowman, and Luis Medina. Uh, I don't know much about the relievers here or, or the the return here. All you know, it's a lot of prospects and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But Frankie Montes and Ruth Lou Trevino are are good pickups for the Yankees. You know, Trevino to Trevino <laughs> is going to be <laughs> is going to happen at some point, I'm sure, which will be fun. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean. I, not, not a lot, I think, to say, but it's a... No, it's... other than the Yankees continue to get better, and I think yeah. that's scary in the sense that, you know, they did such a great job in the first half, identified some holes that they had, they just needed another rotational piece, and they're the Yankees. They're going to buy what they need, they're going to get what they can with their right. deep farm system, and no one should be surprised by that, but at the same time, we're already talking about the Yankees being a an odds-on favorite to make it to the World Series at this point, and yep. they just got better. And they picked up, yeah, and, you, you know, a... a there's Montes was maybe one of the top three rotational pieces available and potentially the other two didn't get traded. So like yep, exactly. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good one to have. Um, mm -hmm. Trey Mancini as well as Jaden Murray got Ooh. traded uh, to the Astros in change for Seth Johnson, Chase McDermott, uh, and also Jose Siri got moved to the Rays in that trade. That's a very yeah. weird. The Rays just sort of popped into the trade like, hey, we'll, <laughs> we'll be around too. Yeah, um, the Rays also one, uh, designated Brett Phillips for assignment uh, as, a, as a move yeah. uh, in conjunction with that. Which... I, uh, Go ahead. I thought Brett Phillips wasn't that bad, but uh, he was he's not been very good this year. Yeah. So Brett Phillips is interesting. So as a Brewers fan, I have a special place in my heart for Brett Phillips. He was in our farm system. He played on our team. He was one of those massive personalities that everybody loved to see during spring training. He is just one of those guys that even in our subreddit will post all of the Brett Phillips news because we just loved hearing about the guy. So when it got posted that he was DFA'd, a couple of our, our uh, fans were like, well, let's pick him up. And then we looked at his stats and he was striking out in it the damn near 50% rate and was bad. Yeah, he's got a, a 475 rate. OPS. Yeah, just <laughs> it's awful. Like, mm, and no good. amount of uh, of 
being a great guy in the clubhouse or being a personality is going to save you if you're trying to be a competitive organization. But yeah. if you're the Orioles and you're looking for a guy to help bring your young guys up and to continue to kind of get that attitude, then that's how you bring Brett Phillips in. But what you don't do is you don't get rid of Trey Mancini for absolute peanuts when your team is only, what, three games out of a wild card and he's the heart and soul of that organization has been around there for damn near well, you know, forever. So, so I, I'll say this in, in, in defense of the move. First of all, I, I don't think the Orioles legitimately think that they are in super contingent for a wild card. I know they're Fair. only three games back of one, but they're not Fair. like they were, they were, and that's, and this is what I think the, you know, the, the uh, GM even said, like they're not really in contention you know, they had they had to make a decision. Do we mm-hmm. want to buy a little bit? Do we want to sell a little bit? What do we do? Decided yeah. to sell. Mancini's own like it's it's a three month. You know this this is the end of his contract. Yep. Um. So I could very well see the Orioles in three months re-signing Trey Mancini, being sure. like, look, let's let's bring you back on the team. He's yeah. a good guy to have around. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. On the Brett Phillips thing, I think if the Orioles wanted Brett Phillips, they could have just taken Brett Phillips uh, sure, in the trade. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think really truly nobody's interested in Brett Phillips or at least yeah. at least not the not the Orioles or the Astros. Maybe somebody will pick him up off the scrap heap and and mm-hmm. do okay with him, you know? Like yep. there's plenty of teams that yep. that I could see being like, "Oh yeah, Brett Phillips like the the Angels, you know, or even the Nationals, right? The Nationals traded some some guys away. Uh, I can yep. certainly see them saying, "Oh yeah, we could use a guy like Brett Phillips." Um or the uh, the you know, the the Red Sox like like a lot of teams that are not doing well this year but like at least need some warm bodies who can play positions right at the end of the day he has plus defense uh he's a hell of a personality and he gets the fans behind him so he's got to have a spot for him somewhere which is potential to have it have an average bat you know like yeah absolutely so yeah, he's he's not, he's not the worst guy to have around, but uh, but I can see as a as an organization that wants to be winning like the Rays do, he's he's yeah. a guy who's like yeah, I don't want to. Eh. Um, uh, another big signing, Austin Riley signed for a ten year, two hundred twelve million dollar extension with the Braves. Um, Dylan uh, was obviously on Sunday's podcast, and we talked quite a bit about Riley uh, and and the Braves' young core. So really, not a whole whole ton to say in addition to that, but. What I will say, I mean, ten years, two hundred twelve million. That the 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 Braves essentially have the one through four. They have the top half of their order set for like the next six or seven years uh, with Albies, Acuna, Riley, and Olson. Uh, that's a that's that's a great position to be in for a Absolutely. team. It's, it's incredible. I'm incredibly jealous of all of the Atlanta Braves fans. They just got their brand new stadium. Now they have all of their young cores signed up. I mean, you know they have a world series like they're they're looking great and even after losing out on the whole freddie freeman thing with that whole debacle with you know the yeah. agency and all of that jazz it they haven't missed a beat it is interesting yeah. to me that riley's mm. getting paid as much as he is in comparison to acuna and albies i feel like his contract is a little bit not than albatross because it's well worth it um but it's a, it's obviously bigger um, well, I mean, Acuna something... and Albies—it's hard to compare any contract to Acuna and Albies because they're getting paid so criminally little for, right, their, exactly. for their talents. You yes, know, 100%. so like, so I think I think Riley just has a better agent, and I mean, Acuna and Albies <laughs> like like famously those like I think they left those agents like right afterwards, like. Yeah. Not, I think it wasn't because of the contract. I think they were going to leave those agents anyway. Or like it was, there was a lot of controversy around that. So I think oh, it's I just like Riley has a has a has a competent agent, and Acuna and Elvis did not. All three of those guys are twenty five years or young age of younger. Like it's a great yeah. time to be an Atlanta's Brave yeah. fan right now. 
I mean, and, and like even even just like yeah, from from even from not a baseball standpoint, from just a fan standpoint, to like to know you've got these guys locked in yeah. for for the next six or seven eight years after uh, winning ten, a World Series, like after winning on. World Series, but yeah, like <laughs> but like just to know to know you've got like you know a lot of fans of a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. You can't go out and buy a jersey, right? Yeah. Like you can't go out and buy a, a Frankie Montes jersey because you know he's going to be gone in two years, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's yeah. it's nice to 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 have guys like Riley and and Olson and Acuna and Albies and be like, I know these guys are Braves. Like if you're a if you're a twelve year old Braves fan, like these guys did, like this core is going to last you through your adulthood. That's awesome. Yeah, we talk about like trying to secure the future of baseball and how it needs to start with our youth and things like that. Like if you can get teams that show loyalty and these young guys sticking around for the long term and not just money chasing and not just going after these big you know albatross deals in other places it's it's good for the game it, it helps it yeah. grow it um and especially a historical team like atlanta it's just it's good i like it yep. it's good for the game um let's talk about uh christian vasquez got traded from boston for a couple minor league prospects uh I I like Christian Vasquez. He's having a nice season. The we, you know we talked a little bit in uh, in the previous episode about how the Astros you know could use a catcher. Hey, here's one of the better catchers who was available on the market. His contract was ending. I think uh, I don't remember if I said this on the show, but uh, like the Red Sox really feel like a team that's like, okay, it's time to go full 2012 and just be like, let's dump out the expiring contracts. We have guys like Story and and you know other other young guys who are who are going to be around for a while. So we'll we'll hold on to to these guys who we're definitely not going to get rid of and mm-hmm. be good in the next two to three years. But uh, but sort of give up on this year. I think very well the Red Sox could win a World Series in 2023 or 2024 uh, but but it makes sense to be like okay here's some expiring contracts that we can sort of give up on in in 2022 Christian yeah. Vasquez is one of them great pickup by the Astros who are also a very good team who just got better so I enjoyed watching Martin Maldonado play for the Astros for as long as he did mostly because of his ties to the Milwaukee Brewers um, but obviously it was time for for them to pick up some some work there the Red Sox though were interesting right we talk about them they just picked up Tommy Pham Right, they just yep. picked him yep. up, That's the and next, the next move, yeah. And uh, we talk about Eric Cosmer, which will take up a pretty decent amount of this podcast, I think. Uh, the Red the, Sox, the Red Sox they they also acquired Reese McGuire from the White Sox oh. in exchange for Jake Diekman, uh, which feels like a hey, we need a catcher now that we just got rid of our catcher. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the Red Sox still look up, and aren't they dead last in the division? If I was they correct? are dead last in the division, but they're they're a 500 team, like they're half a game back of the yes. Orioles. You know, bad like luck. In bad luck. In many other divisions, they're not dead, and actually. Every other division except for the National League East, they are in third place. So, right. like, it's just uh... <laughs> so they're holding out that they just got bad luck and that it's not necessarily their team, but they'll yeah. be good to go. They, I mean, they've had a couple of really bad stretches, and I think it's just like okay, let's let's just sort of hit the reset button on this year, retool a little bit. Like Red Sox are not a team, you know, since '04 have not been a team that like tanks right a lot of teams mm-hmm, will tank right. the red sox are not a team that tanks they will they will retool they might mm-hmm. have a bad year right they might have a year where they're the bottom of the division but then the next year very often it's, it's happened very often that they're the bottom of the division one year and the next year they are first in the division yeah like, i feel like rebuild they, is not something that you talk about very often when you when you talk about the red sox organization yeah 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 it's it's uh it is a, a well-run organization um 
uh, where did I lose? There we go. Uh, Royals acquired Luke Weaver in exchange for Emmanuel Rivera. Not really much to talk about there. Uh, Tommy Pham, we mentioned. Reese McGuire, we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardinals acquired Jose Quintana, uh, as well as Chris Stratton from the Pirates in exchange for Johan Oviedo and Malcolm Nunez. Um, uh, for the Cardinals, yeah. I like the move. Uh, Cardinals definitely need rotation help uh, because it's basically... Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis, and then a bunch of guys held together by duct tape and spit. Um, uh, like Adrian Payante has been shockingly good, but like is not a guy who you expect to be making starts. Uh, mm-hmm. So like you know, it's it's good to to, to build up this. And um, there's another move later we'll talk about as well. Um, it, it, it Johan Oviedo has not been great for the Cardinals, but he's a, he is a great clubhouse guy. There was a story that came out. We didn't talk about it on the podcast just because it wasn't really time, but there was a story that had come out uh, in the previous week uh, when the Cardinals went to Toronto. Johan Oviedo uh, is, is Cuban, and his Cuban passport was expired, so he couldn't go to Toronto. And oh. so he flew from, I think, Cincinnati, where the team was. The team flew to Toronto. He flew to Miami got his passport renewed and then mm-hmm. flew to Detroit so that he could then drive to Toronto and meet the team in Toronto, which is Jeez. like, that is, that is a great clubhouse guy. Like that is a yeah. dude who cares about his teammates. And we talked quite a bit the prior week about how disappointed I was in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnauto for not putting the team first and, you know, not getting vaccinated and not going to Toronto with the team, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, which, which we talked about with a lot of other teams in the uh, a lot of other players in the past including Andrew Benintendi who who got traded in the uh you know we talked about him a little bit on on Sunday's podcast as well um but uh so you know it it, it sucks to lose a guy like Johan Oviedo who who clearly is a good teammate um but from a baseball perspective it's you know Quintana has had a good season he's a left-handed starter Steven Matz is out for the season and and you know Jack Flaherty's probably out for the season. So, like, it's it's good to have a guy like that in the rotation. I'm happy to Absolutely. get him. Absolutely. I think Quintana yeah. is going to, unfortunately, make that rotation even stronger. Um, Quintana's, <laughs> a, Quintana's a brewer killer. He has been his entire career with the Pirates. Um, and I think that if you really look at it, it comes down to September when we're playing each other a whole bunch in the divisions on yeah. the line. You're probably going to want a guy that the Brewers generally can't, you know, hit. So, even yeah. if he's wearing a different uniform. Yep. Yep. Um, our minor league deal, Ford Proctor for Jeremy Walker. Uh, I've heard decent. I think we talked about it Ford Proctor a little bit on the previous podcast. I think Frack was a big fan of Ford Proctor, but mm-hmm. I don't really know much about it. So yeah, uh, Brewers acquired me. Matt Bush from the Rangers in exchange for Mark Mathias and Ant- Antoine Kelly. Yeah, and that's only interesting in the sense that obviously Matt Bush comes with a interesting story with the whole DUI and the crash and nearly killing a guy. Um, that yeah. was a big deal and spending three and a half years in prison and the reclamation story that is him. Um, yeah. Brewers losing Mark Mathias, not that big of a deal, um, but losing the left-handed pitcher Antoine Kelly, 22 years old, uh, is kind of a you know prospect that we're a little concerned about. Obviously, you don't want to lose someone like that, but if Bush can come in and be an established guy in our bullpen, then it will be worth the uh, loss of the lotto ticket with um, Kelly. Yeah, and he's had a pretty nice season, so like you know, you can mm-hmm. never have too much bullpen help. So absolutely. Uh, Astros trade Jake Odorizzi for the to the Braves for uh, lefty reliever Will Smith, not to be confused with catcher Will Smith. He is still a Dodger, um, or actor Will Smith. Uh, right. He is a hitter, not a Dodger. Um, he is. He is a is hitter. Bad, bad, uh, bad joke. Uh, no, Smith had like an apology apology YouTube video this week. He laid a like, full YouTube apology. Good, for, it was kind of wild. And Chris Locke's like, I just hit that and went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So Jake, Jake Odorizzi, you know, is a pretty. I, I don't know. This, this is again, again, kind of an odd like. 
good team to good team trade, <laughs> which you yeah. don't like see a whole ton of. Right. Um, you know, rotation help for relief help. You know, Will, Will Smith had had not, I think, not the best season this year, but like mm-hmm. he is a guy who, you know, lost his closer job uh, because the Braves picked up a closer. So like, <laughs> right. So he didn't deserve to lose his job necessarily. It just was the way it yeah, was. Yeah, he, he had a good season as a closer. I mean, it was like a, a, a you know, Dylan and other Braves fans in, in the group chat that we're in have often had often complained about Will Smith because he was like a like a cardiac closer type guy who you're like right. you're, you're never you're never like assuaged by him being on the mound. But then they picked up Kenley Jansen. So I was like, well, you know, Will Smith suddenly becomes expendable. So <laughs> on to the next one. Uh, Robbie Grossman for Chris Anglin. Sure. Yeah. Robbie Grossman yep. is a guy. It is, yeah. <laughs> they play baseball. He's certainly a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Jorge Lopez from the Orioles in exchange for Cade Povich, Yenier Cano, Juan Nunez, and Juan Rojas. Jorge Lopez, you know. Yeah. That's relevant because he kind of came out of nowhere, right? He's just like, hey, I'm going to be good for a little bit for the Orioles, and now we're going to be an all star and get traded. So it was kind of one yeah. of those pop up guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the Twins were pretty aggressive on starting pitchers uh, here at the deadline. I don't know if they picked up much else besides Lopez off the top of my head. Oh, no, they, they did. They, they had another one we'll talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they were pretty aggressive on starting pitchers. Uh, it's, uh, you know, so it, he's, a, he's a good pickup as long as he can continue what he's been doing. It's good to have. Uh, now it's time for the big one. Uh, the San Diego Padres acquired superstar outfielder Juan Soto, as well as first baseman Josh Bell from the Nationals in, case, in exchange for Luke Voigt, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel III, C.J. Abrams, James Wood, and Harlan Susana. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... Yeah. this is. I, I don't know what else we can say about Juan Soto that we haven't already said. As far as this mm-hmm. return goes, I mean, it kind of feels like what we expect what we expected, although potentially not as, I feel like the Nationals could have gotten more. Sure. <laughs> like, it's, and it's one of those things where you know the reports were were that the Nationals asked for more from the Cardinals, didn't get more, and went with the Padres, whose deal seems not as good as I, as right. like the second deal the Do Cardinals you think were that giving. The which Josh is weird. Bell addition onto that kind of mitigates that. So if you say, here's Juan Soto and Josh Bell, the Padres aren't as likely to give as much back because they're getting such a proven first baseman as Josh Bell along with the Juan Soto. Well, that's the thing, right? So, so I think, I think they, I think the nationals could, if they'd sold, if they'd traded Soto and Bell in different trades mm-hmm. could have gotten oh, more. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I said, as yeah, opposed I to packaging them as one deal, like it's essentially it's Josh Bell for uh, Luke Voigt, which is a downgrade. Yep. And then Soto for the other four, four guys like or five guys or whatever Man. like you could get Mackenzie Gore Robert Hassel III CJ Abrams James Wood and Harlan Susana for just one Soto is what you should be getting right exactly. like is, yep, is a package like that yep. uh, and then also Josh Bell like it, it's such a it's such a weird decision by the Padres to like I I, I oh, for not by the Padres by the Nationals like the Nationals sure. seemed it's like they were hellbent on trading Soto um and, and they took I, I I just I just because you know the, like the other teams that were that were interested in Soto the Cardinals and the Dodgers were, were mm-hmm. like that's what we'd heard you know coming into the to the weekend and and even coming out of the weekend was was it's Cardinals Dodgers Padres and and you know they're just figuring out 
the deal and mm-hmm. the Cardinals and the Dodgers have no use for Josh Bell, right? The Cardinals have Paul Goldschmidt, who is an MVP candidate this year. Uh, and the, the Dodgers have Max Muncy and Freddie Freeman. So like, yeah, they, no don't kidding. Need, <laughs> they don't need a third first baseman. Right. Um, so, so I, I, I just, I just don't get this for the nationals. It's, it's truly kind of astounding, and especially if the Padres manage to re-sign Soto. I know they have a lot of money tied up into Tatis, into Machado, sure. and and now uh, quite a bit of money also tied up into uh, Joe Musgrove. But you know, if you like a two yeah. to four of of Soto, Tatis, Machado for the next eight to ten years is you know, like we were talking about with the Braves, <laughs> like yeah. it's a great position to be in. If you're the sure. Padres, <laughs> it makes me wonder if um, the Dodgers and the Cardinals had a hard no on some of their top guys, like maybe their top one or two would just said, Hey, there's no way you're touching these guys regardless. Potentially. Of and so, and, 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 you know, the word with the card, obviously I've been following this more specifically from the Cardinals perspective. The mm-hmm. word with the Cardinals was that they didn't want to trade their top prospects as well as Dylan Carlson, exactly. which I'm, you know, I'm iffy on that as a move. You know, I get it. Maybe if, if they didn't think they could re-sign Soto, then you definitely don't want to lose five to six years of Carlson and Gorman and Walker and and all those guys for two years of Soto. If you win a World Series, it's all worth it, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't win a World Series, you just get two years of Juan Soto, two and a half years of Juan Soto, and then, you know, and you, cause you, cause you can't project that you will win a World Series. True. Um, so I, 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 can, I can see that perspective. If it was, if it, if it was they wanted... Gorman, Walker, and Carlson, that I would be wary of. But if it was Carlson and one of Gorman and Walker, that is a kind of trade I would do. And I think that's, I've mentioned that before. Is like, so I, I don't know. I don't know what they wanted, but that package, you know, Carlson, Walker, or Carlson, Gorman, and Mason Wynn and Tink Hentz or whatever the, whatever the offer is, sounds better to me than what right. the Nationals ended up getting for, for him. And uh, again, they basically gave Josh Bell away for free. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it makes it was, you wonder. They, not only did like, they basically give Josh Bell away for free, the Nationals were prepared to accept Eric Hosmer in that deal instead of Luke Voigt. And Eric yes. Hosmer vetoed the deal. Yeah, let's <laughs> and, talk about that. And, so how mad do which you is, think that Luke Voigt is at Eric Hosmer right now? Because at the beginning of the day, Luke Voigt's on the Padres and Eric Hosmer's getting traded. At the, at the beginning <laughs> of the day, Luke Voigt is is the starting first baseman for the right. Padres, at least for yep. the day. And you know? now he starts it and ends it on the Nationals. On the Nationals. But, like, but it's, it's it. like it's... What an upgrade for like the Nationals were ready to take Eric Hosmer and got an upgrade taking Luke Voigt. Not oh, yeah. like Luke Voigt is amazing. Luke, like, but Luke he's Voigt better had, than he, Hosmer with that contract. He has a pedigree of being good in the past, which could be good. But like, yeah, I'd much rather have Luke Voigt than Eric Hosmer. Like, what a yeah. what an accidental coup for the National. And like, I feel like maybe they got to a point where they're like, oh, here's what we'll do: we'll take Hosmer, and Hosmer will probably say no, and then yep. the Padres will be so ready to just to just do whatever that they'll give us Luke Voigt instead. Like, oh, they probably I, would. Oh, dude. And then I think where the Padres are paying the the first or the next two years of Hosmer's contract, and then the National. Will pay like the last, or the Red Sox. Sorry, the Red Sox will pay the, the last. Red Sox, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so and so, yeah. So that, that's basically there's a couple of smaller deals. We'll talk about the Hosmer one because that, that happened, you know, later later in the evening. That's um, right. So so the the Hosmer one essentially like Hosmer. First of all, Hosmer can opt out after this year. He won't. But he like won't. those last couple <laughs> years of being paid like 13 million a year, right? Which is like. Yeah. It, 
if he can be okay, which he can, he's shown the ability to be not terrible, right? Mm-hmm. If he can, if he can be like a one, one and a half win player, which which is what he is this year, sure. um, like thirteen million dollars is not the worst thing to be paying him. So like, it's really not like it's not a bad pickup for the Red Sox as far as you get a guy who has. A, a good amount of major league experience, a guy who can mentor some of the younger players who are on the team. Not that there's not, there's plenty of other players who can mentor the younger players there as well, but like, you know, Hosmer is, is, is a good clubhouse guy. By, by all accounts, he's a good clubhouse guy. Absolutely. Um, that was one thing they said they were going to miss him for sure in the clubhouse. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's not getting paid a ton for a veteran player um, because, you know, like the, the the contract was not built well for the first however many seasons, but yeah. for the back three seasons, it's kind of well built. It's like if Hosmer is like, he's definitely not opting out, but he's just good enough to be worth 10 to 12 million a year. So like, it's not, it's not the worst thing to have him for 13 million for those three years, especially with the Padres paying a good chunk of it for the Red Sox. Yep. I think it's a overall bring a veteran guy in. It's a, a name recognition, sells tickets regardless, um, you know, brings it in. It's a, it's a decent move. Good for the Red Sox. Yeah. But like I said, I think the Red Sox are also are going to be good in these in these three years. Like mm-hmm. this is this is a down year for them. I think in the next three years, they are going to be a good team for all three of those three years, most likely. So like, you know, Hosmer is like a, he's a good like bench first baseman dh depending on what their first base dh situation looks like otherwise like you know yeah he's 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 a nice guy to have around yep and maybe Um, he returns to a little bit of form who knows yeah yeah again like a win and a half is not the worst thing to have off the bench like it's not negative yeah yeah he's he's all right like um blue jays received anthony baths and Anthony Bass and Zach Pop, as well as a player to be named later for the Marlins in exchange for shortstop prospect Jordan Groshans. Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Again, a guy. Uh, Dodgers got Joey Gallo from the Yankees in exchange for Clayton Beater. Yeah. Uh, Joey Gallo has had a very bad season. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be the first to tell you <laughs> that he's had a very bad season. He is up to positive war, positive point one baseball reference war. I haven't looked at his, uh, at his fan graphs, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a guy who like, he's a solid turnaround candidate and I, like a change of scenery type guy who like, you know, if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers keep him in the big league club, then they can be like, all right, let's see what's what's broken about you and fix yeah. it. They're the, they're the kind of team that does that. He was that, a guy so. that I was excited to see the Brewers front office actually attached to, um, mostly because, yeah. like you said, it's just a guy with a change of scenery, and we could use an, an outfielder who could mash. Like All of our big needs right now are, are bats for the most part, uh, and right. it would have been nice to see, especially because we trade, you know, Clayton Beater is not a whole lot. He's a what, double-A guy who's... Uh, pitching particularly well right now and yeah I yeah like- i mean the cardinals could use a guy like gallo as well the only the, the thing about gallo is that uh, because of how bad his season has been sure. like it's tough to be like all right let's replace Corey dickerson with joey gallo it's like all right bad for bad like you mm-hmm. know you, you gotta hope you turn him around so but i mean the yeah. cardinals pick up a bat at all so whatever uh, <laughs> but he's he's a he's like he's he's a, he's a guy who i think you know an, an organization like the dodgers who have a, a history of fixing guys swings can could could do something with if uh, if they choose to yeah um phil has acquired Brandon marsh from the angels in exchange for logan ohop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. sure okay <laughs> angels traded Brandon marsh i mean like that's yeah okay yeah. 
Sure. Uh, the Mets acquired Darren Ruff from the Giants in exchange for J.D. Davis, Thomas Sapuki, Nick Zwack, and Cor- Carson Seymour. This mm. I don't get because Darren Ruff and J.D. Davis seem like equivalent players to me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like it seems like they're pretty much the same guy. <laughs> and then to add the other guys on top of it, it's like, are these other three guys probably going to not pan out? Maybe. But if a single one of them makes the majors, it becomes an overpay. <laughs> like yeah, you right. give them, it's, it's JD Davis and three lottery tickets. And it's like, well, but what's the point of the lottery tickets? It seems like they're pretty, like pretty equivalent in value. Yeah, I don't even get the trade a, in the first place. Is that a Mets place. flex? Just like I have these guys go ahead and take yeah. them. Mm. Well, especially after picking up Vogelback, right? So it's just, they picked right. up two first baseman DHs in the span of a week. I'm gonna break like, a second oh, half and say, let them fight for it and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Phillies acquired David Robertson from the Cubs in exchange for Ben Brown. David Robertson's already been a Philly. He's had a good season. You know, Phillies are are trying to hold on to a, a wild card spot. It's more interesting that Hap didn't go from the Cubs or Contreras didn't go from the Cubs. It is. It is. Yeah. It is fascinating that Hap and Contreras didn't go anywhere from the Cubs. Uh, I, I I don't. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't get it. Like, what? Well, yeah, your team is terrible. You're not going to do anything in division. Like these guys aren't going to do you any good. Just Get rid of them while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those things where, like, even if you're not getting the return you want, they're not, like, unless you yeah. think you're going to resign them. Yeah. Like, what's, Maybe. what, like, what's the, and even then you can resign them after trading them. Like, be yeah. like, you know, have sit down, have a conversation, be like, hey, look, the team's not good. We're going to trade you. We'd love to sign you in the offseason and, and get you back on the Cubs. But would you like to spend three months on, you know, the the XYZ. Astros or whatever? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I hate the Cubs as much as I hate the Cardinals. So I, <laughs> I certainly hate the Cubs more than I hate the Brewers. That's, that's, that's fair. For and, sure. and I'll never I'll never have that. I'll never have that hatred, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. No, no question there. That's that's my thing, right? It's, it's like I, I posted that in the in the Cardinals uh, subreddit moderators uh, yeah. chat, and uh, and one of the co mods, one of the mods was like, "No," and I was like, "Listen, it's for the best, right? Because this means the Cubs don't have they don't pick up lottery tickets to refuel in the future. They just get three months of Happ and, and Contreras, and then they don't have them again. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely, it's kind of a we, win. We in the, in our mod chat group like we talked about the same thing it's like cardinals we can care like cubs can do whatever but cardinals better not get soto like at all like just like it's the worst thing on earth (laughs) but that didn't Um, happen so we're fine didn't unfortunately uh tyler (laughs) maley went to the twins we talked about the twins getting uh starters uh they acquired the reds tyler mary tyler maley in exchange for christian incarnacion strand spencer steer and steven hajar 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 i don't know Twins. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the twins are. Look, I mean, they're what third? Oh, they're first place in the division, but like the 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 other two teams are not far behind. The yep. the Guardians and the White Sox are 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 very close behind. You know, the White Sox have had not a good season. You know, I could see them like. I mean, I guess it's too late for them to go Red Sox and trade stuff and, you know, look for next year. But, like, I could see them, you know, just just finally breaking out in the back three months. They're only three games back or two and a half games back or whatever. Sure. You know, so, like, it's, it's not like so. So I I get why the twins are like, let's let's load up a little bit, especially, you know, their rotation was a bit of a thing to load up on. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
You're you like know? the White Sox are perpetually average, and even though they try to do different things to like put them over the hump, it just continually <laughs> just seemed to be that team. It's just well, there's, perpetually there's, average. I mean, they were, they were good last year, right? And it's like, yeah. it's like you, you expect them to be like, okay, cool. Like this is a young core, a young team. Just roll that right into the next year, and that just did not happen for them. Nope. And like again, they they very well could still pick up a a, a playoff spot, but you know really at this point in the season they should have been in first place comfortably and the fact that they're not is is a problem in itself i'm also incredibly fascinated the reds continually find players to get rid of to other teams like we talked about like (laughs) how many different reds players got traded like the reds the reds did make a lot of moves yeah like they've been trading off their team since the off season and they still have guys that they're getting rid of i'm just like Naquin, too. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> right, understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, like, you know, a guy has a good enough season, and then suddenly you move him. You move Brendan Drury to the Padres because you're like, yeah. all right, we got – he's had a good enough year that we can just we can just sell him off and, yep. and you know, retool. Like, we weren't supposed to be good this year anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it's fine. It's fine. Move him and move him and move him. A plus at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All no, right. I mean, listen, the, the, I, I – the the only thing that doesn't scare me about the Reds is that they're not super competently managed. <laughs> yes, that's very much true. <laughs> but otherwise, I've, you know, like they they you know the Reds in the past have have been a good enough team to be like, oh, this is this is the other team threatening in the in the NL Central, right? It's always the Cardinals and somebody else, right? Yeah. Be it the Brewers, be it the Cubs, be it the Pirates, not that long ago, be it the Reds, yeah. not that long ago. So. Yeah, well, it looked like so the Reds I, were going to try to get on it. Like, they had Moustakis on that team. They had a couple other parts that are like, oh, let's Yeah, well, and last year they had, like, a surprisingly good year. And, like, it was one of those things where they could have – they kind of could have gone either way last year, which was, like, they could have either tooled up and been like, we're going to go for it next year, or right. they could have done what they did, which is sell off everything for parts. And that's what they did. And, and I could see it working out. I could see it not. <laughs> it's, it's, here we are. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurt Casale went to the Mariners in exchange for Michael Striffler. Yeah. Yep. Twins acquired Sandy Leon from the Guardians in exchange for Ian Hamilton in a minor league trade. Ooh. Mariners are acquiring Matt Boyd. I think we do. We even know what he's being. Whatever. Brewers got Trevor Rosenthal from the Giants. Uh, I was saying to uh, to Kevin before we were recording. I have been a Trevor Rosenthal fan, a Trevor Rosenthal apologist since he was a rookie with the Cardinals. I really like Trevor Rosenthal. I want to see Trevor Rosenthal succeed. Maybe not for the next three months I don't want to see him succeed but I, I have always wanted to see Trevor Rosenthal succeed it is just very funny to get rid of Josh Hader and pick up Trevor Rosenthal <laughs> really it really is I mean the Brewers unfortunately uh had to get rid of uh 23 year old prospect Tristan Peters in this trade um he was you know our 19th rated guy in a very weak farm system in general for for uh, a guy the Giants picked up two weeks ago yeah, and the only thing I can think of is that the Giants and the Brewers both had interest two weeks ago and that Trevor picked the Giants, leaving the Brewers in the cold, and now the Brewers have a chance to get their sterling reliever. I, I uh, see, like, I can see that, right? But, like, I would rather just pay an extra half a million dollars, right? If, if I'm right? Trevor Runthal, you yeah. know, am I not swayed by an extra 500000 I would think I'd be swayed exactly. by an extra 500000 you know? And, like, he's not I get it. I playing get currently. It. He's hasn't pitched since 2020. It's been two years. He's got five injuries since he last pitched, including a hamstring. The guy's not even ready till September. Like, 
God. He might not pitch this year. He I don't get it. He might not even pitch. No, and we lost I truly, the because I truly of it. don't understand it. I truly don't get this trade. No, I'm hoping for all among hope that he somehow turns into a, a savant come September and like locks down a part in the bullpen we'll and see. helps us Listen, win a postseason. But, uh, uh, <laughs> God willing, the, the, the Brewers will be six games back by then. So Yeah, um, I know. Three-game lead, which is probably two by the end of the night, is just tenuous at best. Uh uh, yeah, what are, what are the scores at right now? We lost. Uh, Brewers, I don't know what the Cardinals Brewers did. Lost, but, and the Cardinals yeah. are up six to nothing. So. Oh, well, sh- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's, where's the... Where did we Here we go. Uh, Jake Lamb. Oh, no, it's Jake Lamb. You're right. No, 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 that's, just, that's a rumor at, at this point in the th- in the thread. So <laughs> oh, yes, it did yes. happen, You're but right. what we're reading is a rumor. Um, <laughs> Jake Lamb got traded to the Mariners for cash considerations. I, I don't, I mean, Jake Lamb's been a DH pretty much exclusively this year. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. the Dodgers need more. I don't get it. I I, 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 I don't, yeah, maybe they just like get rid, of, get rid of him for something, but like it's cash considerations i don't know yeah. i don't understand it giving them <laughs> options i guess somewhere down the line yeah um brett phillips the orioles picked up like we said uh for cash considerations i don't know why he wasn't just part of the trade but sure yeah why not we'll go with it <laughs> like yeah. like in the morning he got dfa'd by the by the evening he was picked up by a team that was in the trade that he was already a part of <laughs> How do you miss that option? Like, oh, wait, you just want this guy? You just want him? Just take him. Here you go. Just, just, here you go. <laughs> Easy peasy. It's, it's, like, it's like a fantasy baseball trade, right? Like, we're, yeah. I'm going to get rid of this guy anyway. Do you just want him? It's like, <laughs> like it's fine. Instead, uh, he's going to do like a, a Twitter goodbye, and everyone's going to talk about it, and then he'll join your team later. Yeah, I guess. Really. If you can do the, you can do a Twitter goodbye after the trade, too. That's what Harrison right. Bader did. Harrison, Harrison Bader did an Instagram goodbye. Um <laughs> which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, by the way, the uh, Cardinals Cubs game did just go final. So, uh, so uh, yes, the Brewers are now a two games ahead. It's very uh, tight. Um, uh, Michael Fulmer, the Twins acquired from the Tigers in exchange for Sarah Gibson Long. Again, another starter. Twins is really going for that rotation. Michael Fulmer is a guy who's had success in the past. Is he a starter? I know he's a starter in the past. He might be a reliever sure now. what he's doing right I've, now, yeah. I, I forget. There's a guy who I think of as a starter who might be a reliever now. Um, and Fulmer, I think, is that guy. Fulmer's a reliever. Still, okay. good to have a reliever. Yeah, gotta have it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Fulmer, Fulmer's a guy who I think of as a starter because he converted to relief last year. Uh, so, like, in my head, he's still a starter. But, uh, but no, he is a reliever. Um, Phillies traded Mickey Moniak and a second prospect to the Angels for Noah Syndergaard. Uh... Thus closes the book on Mickey Moniak for the uh, for the uh, uh, Phillies. That yep. is a dude who like then he was he was their first round first overall pick in 2016. Like Man. and just just languished for a while. It was him, then Nick Senzel, then Ian Anderson in 2016. Yep. The to be fair, the 2016 draft was not great. <laughs> like, yeah. The uh, the best guy out of there was. Catcher Will Smith, then not, Cal Quantrill, then Gavin Lux, um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, Mickey like the Phillies have just not known what to do make Mickey Moniak forever, uh, and uh, and now he is not their problem anymore. Well, uh, Noah Syndergaard has been 
solid this year. Yeah. I think he's a good pickup. We'll see. I mean, he's a name, right? And that's that's obviously a big thing too. Mickey Moniak. Well, and again, and, he, and he's a guy who like he who who doesn't like you know he's he's getting paid quite a twenty one million dollars this year, but yeah. like that's it. He has a he took a one year deal to rebuild value, which was the right move for him. And he built I think enough value to get like a decent deal going forward. And he's like he's not been wildly injured this year, so like that is what you want when you're a guy like Syndergaard coming back from a major injury, having basically not pitched for two. He pitched two innings for the Mets last year, but basically not have pitched yeah. for two years. No. And, so, and yeah, you know. take a flyer. I think uh, Phillies can take a chance, and maybe Moniak will thrive out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe maybe the Angels are going to uh, are going to figure it out. Yeah, that's, un- unlock that's, him. That's definitely. You know what? I, I I joke, but like the Angels have done that with a lot of guys, where where at least for a little while they're like, you know, Brandon Marsh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where they kind of figure out, like, oh, here was the problem. Let's tweak that. They just can't figure it out with Joe Adele. Right, or when um, you have you know two of the best hitters in all of baseball on your team, and you still you can't suck figure ass. out how to win baseball games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Blue Jays acquiring right-hander Mitchell White from the Dodgers for minor league pitchers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yankees acquired Harrison Bader from the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, <sighs> yeah, how Mo- surprised were you with this trade? Very surprised. Uh, you know, so so one thing is Harrison Bader is on the IL right now with plantar fasciitis, and plantar yeah. fasciitis is a terrifying injury for baseball, oh, particularly. Yeah. I mean, for all sports, right? For for if you're a regular person dealing with plantar fasciitis, it's one thing, right? My brother has plantar fasciitis; mm-hmm. you just kind of live with it, right? Chronic. If you're yep. a baseball player, particularly a baseball player like Harrison Bader, whose value largely comes from his speed. Um, Plantar fasciitis is pretty terrifying. Yeah, and for so, our listeners, so basically imagine the bottom of your foot, you know, that entire soft area between your heel and your toes, that entire area gets inflamed and just you can't step on it. It just becomes impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so, you know, with a guy like Bader whose outfield defense is largely predicated on his speed, who's, who's on base, you know, like it's all a lot of his most of his game is is reliant on his speed and his feet, and the plantar fasciitis is not not a thing you want when you're a, a speed guy. I at least hope Bader will recover from it all. Um, it sucks to lose him. I really, really like Harrison Bader, mm-hmm. but you know, Jordan Montgomery is a good pitcher. He's good to have. Uh, <laughs> My heart doesn't like this move. My brain thinks it's a good move. You know, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the kind of like the Oviedo move, except Johan Oviedo's like not been good. He's just a great clubhouse guy, and, and Bader's also a great clubhouse guy. But like, I I have loved Harrison Bader, and, and like, I hope I hope he has. You know, like if the Cardinals don't win, then I hope he has success on the Yankees. I hope the Yankees go all the way. They mm-hmm. have Harrison Bader now. They have Matt Carpenter. Um, Bader also grew up in Bronxville, New York. Like he grew up a Yankees fan. Like nice. His his um his glove, his fielding glove, is Statue of Liberty themed. Okay. So like, you know, at at the very least, if he's gonna go somewhere, at least he's going to his hometown club, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about um, baseball being a romantic sport. Like that's that's yeah. part of it. I mean, listen, there's, there's, you know, kind of like what the Cardinals did with uh, uh, with Stephen Biscotti, right? Except that yep. obviously had a lot more uh, going on with it. Um, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, I yeah, it sucks to see Harrison Bader go, but uh, but I understand the baseball of the move. Yep. I hope he succeeds. It also, for what it's worth, 
because uh, again, we were talking about this in the Cardinals mod Slack. This is this is a huge vote of confidence in Dil- Dylan Carlson, right? Not only did they refuse to trade him for th- potentially the best, I mean, probably the best trade asset in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Like potentially the best available trade asset in baseball in the last 10 years, <laughs> right? Uh, like, yeah, I suppose so. You know, yeah. um, refused to, to send him in that deal and then got rid of the guy who plays center field every day. So essentially they're saying to Dylan Carlson, look, we trust you to be the guy, the, the guy. everyday center fielder for the at least foreseeable future. That's that's, that's a huge vote of confidence in Carlson. I, I hope he, I hope he, lives up to it i love dylan carlson i hope he has success um you know like would i have been okay seeing him go for juan soto yes but mm-hmm. i do love dylan carlson like i i, I definitely want to see him succeed and the cardinals clearly want to see him succeed because they you know a massive massive vote of confidence for him hell yeah uh mets traded a low level prospect of the cubs for michael givens has michael givens been any good this year <laughs> no i couldn't tell you to be completely honest with you Oh, he's he's been okay. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he I, I know he's had success in the past, and he's he's been pretty good this year too. So yeah, I mean, he is a reliever getting traded at the deadline. That's what happens. Amen. Uh, and then the one that happened sort of right at right at the deadline, right the one that right at six o'clock, right at six o'clock, is when the when the news got broken. Uh, the Royals traded Whit Merrifield to the Blue Jays, and my favorite part of this trade is that as of at least as of two weeks ago, Whit Merrifield could not legally enter Canada yeah. because he's unvaccinated. Yep. Presumably, they if they they have or are figuring that out because I believe Whit Merrifield was one of the guys who said, "Listen, if the it. team wants me, I'll I'll do it." Right? Like, yeah. so like he's he's not one of those guys like I'm definitely not getting vaccinated. I think he's one of those guys like you know if it makes sense to, I'll do it. And it's like okay, well, you got traded to Canada, so I think you kind of so have to you, at this point. You better better get on the get on the program. Then, yeah, guys. and the Blues Blues are on the road right now too, so like it's one of those things where he can you know join the team on the road, go get the J and J shot or whatever, and then show up in Canada in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> but uh but man, <laughs> the the just the the poetic irony of Whit Merrifield <laughs> getting traded to the Blue Jays after having said, Yeah, I'm not gonna get vaccinated unless a team wants me that needs me to get vaccinated, and then maybe I'll think about it. It's like, well, that's probably this team all definitely he had to, needs to say though, because if he didn't say that, they probably wouldn't have made the trade for him. That's true. That's true, right? Because we talked about this with Benintendi, right? Where Benintendi mm-hmm. didn't get vaccinated, and the Yankees were iffy on signing, on trading for him because he wasn't vaccinated, and they yep. had three more games in Toronto, plus potentially seeing them in the playoffs. Exactly. Benintendi still, as far as we know, still has not gotten vaccinated. He might get vaccinated between now and you know September or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, but as far as we know, he's still not vaccinated. Um, but you know, Merrifield, I think, is a is kind of a lock <laughs> to get that vaccine. Yep. I don't think he has much of a choice now. Um, that is all the moves. We talked already a little bit about the sort of surprise of the Cubs not trading anybody. The Giants also, uh, not, not anybody, they didn't trade the two big pieces, Happen Contreras. Giants also didn't trade Carlos Rodon or Jack Peterson. Um, also a bit of a surprise, although the mm-hmm. Giants at least are in a better position uh, than the Cubs are. Like the Cubs certainly aren't winning anything. The Giants could accidentally sneak in to the third wild card. No. I think that the other name that people had kind of talked about was what JD, JD Martinez is a possible trade option yeah. there too. And that didn't happen. 
Yeah, yeah. A, a couple of Red Sox guys who I think could have gotten moved uh, and and just didn't. Like Michael Waka, Rich Hill, we talked a little bit about uh, in the in the main podcast as well, who like both of those guys are injured, but like they're both start, starting pitchers who have been having good seasons. I think Hill might actually be back off the IL now. Um, but they're, they're, you know, they're, it's, it's, you can never, I mean, just ask the twins, right? You can never have mm-hmm. enough starters. Yeah, um, no kidding. Uh, you know, so like I, I could definitely have seen those guys getting moved. Nadia Valdi, even all of whose contracts are expiring. None of those guys got moved, right? They just, mm-hmm. it was just uh, uh, Christian Vasquez who got traded. Um, so, and, you know, it's very possible that the, the Red Sox, like, approached teams for those guys and just didn't get offers. Sure. But again, and like, you mentioned at it, though. some They're point not you that take an offer, you take any offer. Yeah, they are, exactly. Right. They, they are not that far out. That's that's true too. Is, is that they're they're only like two and a half games back, so they also could just like sneak into that third wild card spot. Yeah, and if their window to succeed is still strong in the next two or three years, they may not need to make those big moves. And you know, a guy like JD Martinez is certainly going to be part of that you know, offense moving forward. So. Well, but J.D. Martinez, I think his contract ends this year. Oh, well, maybe they'll have an opportunity to restore to, to sign him. They might have an opportunity to resign. Yeah, but I mean, he's also 34. Like, it's just, that's a tougher Like, J.D. Martinez yeah. is the guy who I think was a tougher sell. Like, he's he's an older guy. His contract is ending. He has been good. But, like, you know, do you really want to invest in J.D. Martinez when there are younger guys out there yeah. who you could invest in? You know, same same with, like, again, Rich Hill. Like, Rich Hill's mm-hmm. 42 years old. I get Waka, right? Waka, maybe you'll resign. Yuvaldi, yeah. maybe you'll, si- you'll resign. But, like, yeah. Rich Hill's 42 years old. Like, How he's still pitching will at he all. even sign another contract <laughs> next year? You know? like Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, maybe no. he will. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll sign another contract with the Red Sox again next year. He's from Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. If so, they like, give him a chance, why not? They give him a chance. Like, like you know, there's, there's plenty of guys who have done that kind of thing in the past. Like, uh, uh, um... Uh, David Perron is not from St. Louis, but he, uh, the, the, with, uh, in, in hockey, he every until this year. This is the, this year is the first he signed three free agent contracts in his in his or four free agent contracts in his career, and this is the first one that wasn't signed with the Blues because he has been traded from the Blues, re-signed with the Blues, traded from the Blues, re-signed with the Blues. This time he ended his contract on the Blues and then didn't re-sign with the Blues. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, like like I could have I could certainly see a guy like Rich Hill being like, all right, get, trade me, and then I'll resign with Boston. Trade me, I'll resign with Boston. He also, for what it's worth, Rich Hill said at the beginning of the season, part of the reason he signed with Boston was to be closer to family. Yeah, and I. Th- I do think that was specifically his ailing father. His dad passed away this year. So I think it made a lot of sense that like, okay, his, his dad's about to die. I want to be in Boston when he, Mm -hmm. when that happens. Yeah. And so that, but then it already happened. (laughs) So I don't know. Any player North of 40 getting paid to play professional baseball is probably pretty happy with his situation. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like, so, so guys like, uh, guys like Hill or, or Martinez, like, I am maybe a little more surprised that it didn't get moved because Christian Vasquez already said that he, you know, doors open for him to come back in free agency this winter, which I'm sure is like, you know, like we said with uh, with Contreras and Hap, right? Where yeah. if, if you're a GM, you sit the guys down, you say, hey, look, we're thinking about trading you. We would love to re-sign you this offseason. We think you're a great member of the team, but we're not winning anything right now. So, you know, go over here, potentially win something and then come back. Yeah, or don't was, win something and come back, right? It like, was interest, yeah. interesting to me with Contreras and Hap because, I mean, there was all that social media coverage of them, their final game at Wrigley, taking pictures. Yeah, Contreras, and, well, Contreras uh, took all, all Cubs stuff off his off his Instagram right. bio. That was yeah, like, and Hap's looking all sad after his last game and waving at the fans and all that jazz. And then, oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, just, <laughs> they're back. They're in the lineup today. They lost <laughs> out to six. Ross walks into the clubhouse. You guys are still here. 
David yep. Ross, like the only guy I'm going to win of is a guy named F. Ross, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, yeah. I yeah, mean, I think that's, that's really it, it. Yeah. Hey, Jacob yes. DeGrom came back today, pitched five innings. I then we, don't, we don't talk about like a, a bunch of other news. That we'll, we'll, we'll let that for the for the main news podcast. We just want right. to really hit on the, the transactions because it, it was a big trade deadline. I mean, we got yeah. almost an hour, <laughs> 45 minutes, something like that, out of, yep. uh, out of trade deadline transactions. stuff. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so hey, Kevin, thanks so much yeah. for joining on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining the team. We really Absolutely. appreciate it and, and excited to have you on more in the future. All right, thanks, Naim. Thanks for the time. Thanks, everybody. Have a great evening. Thank you. And I'll do the outro. Uh, our Baseball Weekly Executive produced by A. Lewis. Our production administrator is Christine. My name's Naim. I edited this week's episode. I also hosted it. Kevin co-hosted it with me. Thanks so much to him uh, once again. Uh, our theme music was composed by Chuck Leese. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Sunday or every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time, Sunday night at 10 p.m. Pacific time uh, before the rooster crows or potentially before you go to bed if, if, you're, uh, if you're a late, uh, late sleeper. Um, so thank you so much for listening uh, to this special episode and we will talk to you again this Monday night, Monday morning, whatever. You know what it is. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.